You're listening to the Q's Podcast, episode 83. Welcome back to the show. This is the forum where we connect you with credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. Now, getting your teams to innovate is something we all want, right? But how do we get there? Where should you put your focus? Well, today's episode will help you take steps in the right direction. Our guest for today is Betta Mannix. Professor Mannix is the Ann Whitney Olin Professor of Management at the Johnson Graduate School of Management at Cornell University and also lead faculty member for QCEO Institute too. Her expertise is in the areas of effective organizational performance, leadership, teamwork, the role of emotional intelligence in business settings, women in leadership, and diversity. She teaches in the fields of leadership, negotiation, and organizational change. She works extensively in consulting and executive education. Professor Mannix is the author of over 50 peer-reviewed articles, as well as the one-volume book series, Research on Managing Groups and Teams. Her work has been recognized by awards from organizations including the Academy of Management, Small Group Research, and the International Association of Conflict Management. When you lead for creativity, your organization can address the complex challenges of today's business world and find solutions that are innovative and inspiring but still workable. I'm looking forward to sharing this interview with you. Some key takeaways from this episode include how to frame your own creative perspective and what it takes to build a creative culture, how to inspire your team to think and behave more creatively, and what you and your individual team members need to contribute to foster and maintain a creative environment. Now it's time for my interview with Professor Betta Mannix. Hi, Betta. It's a special treat to have you on the show today. Thanks for spending some time with Q's Podcast Nation. Thank you for having me. I often like to start the show with a bit of inspiration, and one of the ways I try to draw that out is by asking guests if they have a mantra or quote that they live by professionally. Would you be willing to share with our listeners a mantra or success quote? Well, I have to say that mine is probably just say yes. (laughs) So I tend to like to go for things, to try things out and experiment. So that would probably be uh, what I'd have to say. Just say yes. All right. That's positive attitude. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, although this is your first time as guest on the Q's podcast, it certainly isn't your first time connecting with Q's members. Some of the listeners certainly know this is true as you help lead the Q's CEO Institute too. Can you give our listeners a little background about you, your research and teaching? And for those who are interested in finding out more about the Institute, could you share some of the content and insights and discussions that go on there? Absolutely. I'm a social psychologist by training, although I work in a business school, and I've been doing that for quite a few years. And so I think about my research and teaching mission as to uh, be helping people thrive in their work. Uh, I research and teach in the areas of leadership and organizational change. And lately, I've been really interested in emotional intelligence and also interested in the relationship of courage to successful leadership. 
So in the CEO Institute, we include this as an important topic. We think about courageous conversations, for example, and candor in the workplace as being really important. And fundamentally, we ask the question is how can we apply what we know about the science of human behavior to help leaders create an environment that's motivating, accountable, and most importantly, results focused. And of course, we talk a lot about fostering an agile and creative culture as part of that. Very nice. Great expertise in a lot of important areas. You actually just mentioned courage in the workplace. Uh, we just had our QCEO executive team network, our annual conference for CEOs and executives of credit unions. And we had Jim Dieter, who also spends time research in the area of courage in the workplace. Are you familiar with his work? Absolutely. I know Jim quite well. He was at Cornell for a number of years, and I know now is at um, the Darden School. So, yeah, he does yeah. absolutely excellent work on that. I figured you would know him there. Wonderful. And how long have you been at Cornell? This is my 20th year now at Cornell. Thank you for sharing. And for those interested in attending, I can give you the short URL to find out more information. I direct you to cues.org slash INST2 as in the number two. One more time, it's cues.org slash INST2. And it is also good to mention that one of your colleagues at the QC CEO Institute at Cornell was a guest on our show. If you look back at episode 65, Kathleen O'Connor, and I discuss how to lead and engage an inclusive credit union. Again, that's episode 65. Now, Betta, everyone wants to know, how do I get my teams to be more creative? I bet you hear that a lot. Because teams are looking to be more effective and efficient. They're looking to outcompete their competitor. And they're trying to keep up with all these advancements in technological tools. And in the case of credit unions, to best serve their members. I don't want to make too many assumptions. So let's start out by responding to the question, what is creativity? That's a great question. And people do define it in a number of different ways. But the simplest way to think about it is defined as the idea itself. So generating the idea, coming up with that unique and hopefully also useful product or service. So as an example, you know, the first person that came up with the drive up window or the ATM, that person was creative. Coming up with that idea itself, that's the creative process itself. That's what we think about is creativity. That makes sense. How do we differentiate it from innovation then? Well, there are numerous types of innovation, and that's good because most firms out there don't exist just to innovate. Innovation can be important for their survival, but innovation is basically the implementation of that creative idea. So we think about it at the organizational level, you know, how do I make sure that something gets implemented well? So you can think about incremental innovation. So it could be small, continuous change, um, you know, updating an app to make online deposits more easily, for example example. That is innovation and it's incremental. But we can also think about disruptive innovation. So something that completely replaces an established practice or product. So most of us don't rent DVDs anymore. Most of us stream video rentals entirely. Uh, so that's a disruptive practice, right? Certainly the creation of that idea, now we have to also implement it. And that's what we think about as innovation. That makes sense. Can employees be taught creativity? Is there training that can be done to make the office more creative? 
Absolutely. I mean, creativity is a skill, and there are techniques that we can use to um, teach people how to be more creative. We have to make time for it. We have to reward it and recognize it. So when people come up with new and creative ideas, it's important to actually be willing to implement or experiment with them. So we have to have both things happening, right? creativity and innovation at the same time. And we can teach people processes for engaging in what we call, for example, lateral rather than horizontal thinking. So one example of this might be, instead of always looking for the one right answer to a problem, we can broaden our view and look for many possibilities. You know, we get taught all the time in school that there's a right answer to a problem. But instead of trying to be right, we can work on how to generate lots and lots of possibilities and to try and experiment with those. And that's really a cultural or a mindset shift that can allow people to really think about creating Creativity as a skill is certainly when applied to appropriate settings. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that's a cultural phenomenon that occurs that there's one right answer. And uh, actually, as a teacher in the classroom for about 18 years, I was very conscious of that teaching science. And uh, that was very important that I, I shared that message that you shared. And uh, ah, it's yeah, just about uh, continually finding means to solution. And there's more than one way to look at that. But th that's great that you said creativity can be taught and uh, there are different schemes or methodologies to bring out creativity in folks. And I know you shared one example there. Any other examples you want to share? Absolutely. So there are, are some techniques that we can provide. So one is this difference between the horizontal thinking and vertical, or sometimes you call it lateral thinking. There are other kinds of things that we can do. A lot of people talk about brainstorming as one sort of technique, but we can give people structured brainstorming techniques. And so there are some great examples of engaging people in a more structured brainstorming process, because it turns out that brainstorming itself actually isn't that uh, effective or efficient of a process to come up with solutions to problems, but we can give people a better and a more structured process for doing that and teach people how to do it that really focuses on solving particular problems. And there are some good companies, I know we're going to talk a little bit perhaps about some organizations that do this particularly well. IDEO is one that has come up with really very, very good ways of doing this that help people along the pathway of not only coming up with solutions, but then also how to implement them through, for example, rapid prototyping and experimentation. So I'm very curious, what is your suggestion for a model of creativity and innovation? Well, there are a lot of companies that have great models for this. So if you look at companies that are out there that do this very well, one of ones I just mentioned is, is IDEO, but there are other companies that do it well um, that we can look at. So when I teach creativity, one of the ways that I do it is to say, let's look at companies that do it well, like Pixar or Gore, the company that makes you know, Gore-Tex that protects us in the inclement weather, or Zappos or Atlassian. And what I would say is there's not one best model because your, your culture around innovation and creativity needs to serve your strategy. And for most firms, and in particular, let's take credit unions, for example, your strategy isn't entirely, of course, around innovation, right? And so it can be one of the things that helps you solve your problems, but it has innovation has to be in service of something else. 
So it's not their entire mission. The real issue is how to bring that needed agility and innovation into the firm to allow the strategy to thrive. That's, I think, what's important. So what we want to do, I think, is look to see, ah, what is it that each of these different firms do well, take some examples from them, and then see how we can bake that into our organization. You know, because there are just so many great examples of the ways in which our other organizations have done this well, but we don't want to necessarily take every single piece of it because it doesn't suit each organization that particularly well. Thank you. Now, <laughs> there's this cultural shift that most likely has to happen, not always for every organization. How do you foster a more creative environment? Well, there are a few things that I think you can pull from many of the organizations that do that well. One of the things right away is to recognize that people do understand right away what's valued and not valued in an organization. So if uh, you have an organization in which I am willing to challenge the status quo or express suggestions that are different from the way we currently do things, um, but if I'm not given a chance to try those things out or, or if I'm not given the resources to experiment, then I'm going to pretty quickly, I'm going to stop doing that, right? But if you do give me a chance and let me experiment with the ideas, and if sometimes, in fact, those ideas may not work, but I'm not punished for that. Instead, I'm given the chance to say, ah, why didn't those work? Let's understand that, and then let's tweak them a little bit, or let's try to understand how we can make that better, right? That latter kind of environment is one in which I'm going to understand that creativity is valued and that innovation is a place that can flourish. So we know that in those kinds of atmospheres, right, creativity is going to be more valued and people understand it. We also know that the physical environment is important too. So, for example, teams in which people can, uh, places, or sorry, environments in which people can bring diverse teams together and bring in outside ideas and that those are also valued and listened to and people have a mindset of curiosity about the way that other organizations do things and those other organizations might be within your own industry for example another credit union but they also might be from an entirely different organization like sports or the military or looking at how a medical technology firm does something all of those places can bring us ideas about how to be more effective and more efficient, and that can be also a way to bring creativity into the workplace. Um, and the more you're open, the more curious you are, the more you're willing to ask questions, that kind of a culture is one in which creativity can thrive. And that helps hiring folks who are just naturally intellectually curious as well, since that is, uh, you know, a focus of being curious. Exactly. And I think we also see in a lot of the firms that are quite creative and also innovative, hiring people who come from different backgrounds as well and who are also willing to be open to people from different backgrounds and to have those, that collaborative mindset and also have the space and time for it uh, as well, where the organization gives people the space and time for it. That can be extremely helpful, too. I heard a lot of people get their best ideas when they are doing something that is out of their norm. So I'm just thinking, you know, for workplace, encourage walking with your employees. Go for a walk. And that's because you're normally not there. You might be in the office and, and just have conversations there that kind of naturally flow about a particular challenge that's uh, on the way. Or I know you said the environment is key. 
One of the things you mentioned about the space is that um, Pixar is a really interesting example of that. Obviously, one a very creative firm. If you've ever taken your kids to any of the great movies that they've made, right, with Toy Story or or the Nemo movies, of course, one of the things they do is have a very large space where people from all different areas can get together in small huddles, you know, and, and people sometimes ask why do firms like that have all of these extra perks like the cereal bars or the gym um, or places where you can drop off your dry cleaning or those sorts of things. Well, you know, one reason is a little bit selfish because they want to leave uh, an opportunity for people to stay at work longer. <laughs> um, but the other is that, as you mentioned, you know, you maybe you're in the gym with somebody and work and you're on the treadmill next to somebody who is working out a problem and you suddenly get to talk to them about how you're dealing with, you know, perhaps an animation problem or a software design problem. And there you go, you're suddenly talking about it and someone has a solution for you. So your brain is allowed to relax a little bit, but also talk to somebody who can help you out. And that is a little bit about how creativity and innovation can work in a place that, again, allows you the time and the space for it. So you just got to be open to making changes and creating situations and environments for more creativity. Thank you so much for sharing all this. Absolutely. Better. Thank you so much for spending time with Q's Podcast Nation. If listeners want to connect with you through your articles or are interested in your consulting services, what are the best ways for them to connect with you? You can get a hold of me at Cornell, and my email there is eam33 at cornell.edu, and I'd love to hear from you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Beta. Appreciate your time. Thanks again. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And I want to thank you, Q's Podcast Nation, for regularly listening to the show. If you'd like to connect with me about the show, it's easy. Just email me at james at cues.org. Again, that's james at c-u-e-s dot org. And if you like this show, I know you'll love our content website. Check out cumanagement.com. For more talent development content from Q's, visit cues.org. That is c-u-e-s dot o-r-g now. If you'd like to learn more about CEO Institute specifically, please visit cues.org forward slash INST2, as in the number two. If you're a Q's member, you know you have invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit cues.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, executives, board of directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.